0: Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over forty years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for twenty-five years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now. Here's your host, Rhody Fisher.
1: Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. I'm your host, Rody Fisher. Thanks again for coming and listening um, this morning. We are in Psalm 52 today, and I'm reading out of the King James. So Father, I pray that you would give us understanding of your word, and we could hide this word in, in our hearts, like yes, you Lord. say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why boastest this thou, Thou thyself in mischief. O mighty man, the goodness of God endureth continually. The tongue deviseth mischiefs. Isn't that the truth? Yes. We, really have to, we really have to take hold of our tongues. The Lord can do that for us. Like a, ra- like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Wow. Thou lovest evil more than good and lying rather than speak righteousness. Selah and as i've said before that selah is a pause and some people think that um it's like a rest when you have music you have a rest um spot for so them uh, like a you know and and all of the psalms were sung in those days so selah just take a pause and relax chill okay thou lovest all devouring words oh thou deceitful tongue god shall likewise destroy thee forever he shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and and, roof, and root thee out of the land of the living. Yes. That means pull it right out of by its roots. Selah, another rest. The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in abundance of his riches and strengthening himself in his wickedness. That means he's relying on all of his richesness, his wealth, to get him through. No, we need to rely on God. Um, whatever God gives us, you yes. know, that's what we have to rely on. We have to rely on Him to tell us where to go, what to do. Yes. Um, our hope is in Him, not in our wealth or our abundance. Sometimes that's why God doesn't give us abundance. Yes. <clears throat> but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Yes, praise the Lord. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. Thank you so much for your word, Lord. Lord. We want to honor you and bless you, Lord. Help us with our tongue, Lord. And Lord, we do want to rely on you and not the things that you give us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Okay, folks. I do want to welcome our guest today. I have Tamara and Jeff. Now, you have to pronounce your last name for me. Landsberg. Landsberg. All the way, by the way, from Vancouver, Canada. Washington. Oh, Vancouver, Washington. Right, right across
2: from Portland, oh, Oregon.
1: okay, yes. Welcome. Well, thank you. Okay, so um, I do want to have both of you have a chance to to speak and before I even talk about your ministries, I'd like for both of you to give glory to the Lord by sharing your testimony of how you came to know Christ. Um, and even before that, I'd like for you, Jeff, to talk about um, where you grew up and, and the type of household you grew up in. I know that you're Jewish, but were you raised in a Jewish household?
2: I call it secular Judaism. It okay. wasn't religious but yet my mom would honor certain traditions, mm-hmm. like we would do a Sabbath uh, dinner on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. But we didn't go to a temple except on the high holy days, kind of like Christians who go on Easter and Christmas. So on the whole holy days, we would go to temple. And um, it was just, you were Jewish because you, know you were Jewish. You know what we call Jewish. that, right?
1: What's that? We call that CEO Christians. They're they go to church on Christmas and Easter only. Mm. So, so CEO. <clears throat> that That's, it. That's it. Christ, Christmas and Easter only. Sad. But okay, so you you didn't go all the time, but you were brought up in a in a in a Jewish. Um, and, and I went to Hebrew um, school and
2: had a bar mitzvah at thirteen, um, and so I was around some of it, but not really taught what it meant to be a a jew or a hebrew i didn't know what it meant to be a hebrew until i read the whole Old testament and and when i read the whole Old Testament, and then came to the face in jesus then i understood what it meant to be a jew and a hebrew
1: okay so um now let me back up a little bit how many children were you in your family
2: three and i was the youngest You're i was different. uh My brothers are 9 and 11 years older than me, so I was kind of uh, an afterthought and ended up being born a couple months early back in 1950. Mm, um, I was in an incubator for two and a half months before I was allowed to go home.
1: Okay. Now, um, and this was also in Washington?
2: No, that was in Boston, Massachusetts.
1: Okay. My
2: parents moved out to the West Coast here to Anaheim um, in 1965. And uh, okay. my brother was off in Vietnam at that moment, and we moved out here to the West Coast. Stayed in Anaheim for about six months to a year, and then we moved up to West Los Angeles, where I was raised till ninety-two when I moved.
1: Okay, so tell now you you grew up in Boston. You moved out here when you were older. Yeah, I was a little, I was a kid. I was uh, well, I was sixty-five. I was in fourth grade, third grade. Okay, and so you graduated from high school here in Anaheim?
2: No, I, I we moved up. For, we were only here for about six months. Then we moved to West Los Angeles, okay. and I
1: graduated from high school in West Los Angeles. Went to college at Santa Monica College. Okay, and then where? When do you accept Jesus as your savior? And how did that happen for you?
2: Well, I lived a life of a heathen. I was uh, only involved, only wanted sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I was in a very, very popular band that was number two in Los Angeles next to Van Halen. Uh, We were both big popular club bands at the time. Uh, God had his hand on me, though, because if he knew if I had made it, I would have been dead. Mm-hmm. I would have OD. never let me get to that point. Very, very close. So I grew up in Los Angeles around uh, the late 60s. The draft ended the year I turned 18. So I was kind of at the bottom of the hippie era and the, and the anti war era. Um, and that's all I did. In 1989, I got arrested uh, for an attempt to distribute narcotics. And that's when God started opening my eyes to Him. Um, The day I got bailed out, I called a friend of mine, uh, Eddie, and uh, he had gotten clean and sober a year before I did. And I asked him, what do I have to do? So I started attending 12-step meetings. The judge saw that I was clean. He gave me a break. I said, just keep doing what you're doing. And I never went back to drugs and alcohol. And through those 12-step meetings for the three or four years between 89 to 92, um, he kept revealing himself to me. He kept revealing. I started believing that there was a God. I also knew that there was evil. One thing that my parents didn't were naive about, I had asked him when I was young, who's this Jesus guy? And my mom would say, oh, he was just a good teacher. And I thought that was interesting as I got older, I couldn't ask her because she had passed, why she thought he was a good teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I remember asking, you know, there's no Satan. I was told there was no evil in the world. But then when I'm reading the Old Testament, I find
1: in Job, but I had seen evil. I had been around evil. Okay, let me just stop you for a minute there, Jeff. Um, You're reading the Old Testament. What what caused you to begin to read the Old Testament? Is it because of the 12-step program? That's how it started. I I moved
2: up to the Northwest and and, uh, to Portland, Oregon. I met my wife to be there. I was in a clean and sober blues band. We played clubs. And after we were done playing, we would go to uh, the coffee shop and eat the 24-hour coffee shop. And she was a waitress there. I never dated a waitress before, but we started talking. She gave me her number. The first week I called it. it was the wrong number. I came back the next week, and I said, you gave me the wrong number. And she goes, oh, okay, here's the right number. And, um, and long story short, we started dating. We ended up moving in together. And then she started telling me, so she's my spiritual mom. She started telling me um, about the end of times. And I said, well, that's a bunch of malarkey. And she goes, no, it's here in this Bible. She pulls out this dusty old Bible, and she says, it's here in the book of Revelation. So she hands me this Bible. I'm going to read that. So I start reading through Revelation. Of course, without the Holy Ghost in me, I had no understanding of what was being said. And I thought, man, I don't understand any of this. But God laid this heart on me, in my mind, a thought. Read the Bible from page one. I want you to read my word from page one. And I knew that the Old Testament was the Jewish part. So I said okay I want to know what's in this word And I've heard all these men speak about God's word but I didn't I wanted to know for myself. So I started reading in page 1. I started in Genesis again when I got to Job I started realizing there is a Satan as I've seen a lot of evil, I've seen people possessed, I've seen people morph during my lifetime mm-hmm. and and so it kept opening my eyes. Mm-hmm. We were going to get married, but God kept holding it up. We got in a car wreck. Everything got held up. Her mother had passed away, and we went to the funeral. And the gentleman doing the funeral, Jack Mount, was a missionary who was now here. But he was a missionary, in Iran for 10 years before the Shah Overthrow. Well, she goes up to him, and she goes, "Will you marry us. And he goes, well, I'll come talk to you about it. So he started coming to our house once a week, trying to, quote, disciple us and counsel us on, on the Christian marriage. And he would pray. At the end of his prayer, he'd go, in Jesus' name. And I would say when he left, I'd go, why is you got to use that Jesus' name for? Who's, I don't know who this Jesus guy is. I know who God is. I believe in God. But I don't know who this Jesus guy is. But he kept diligently coming to our house. Even though he was being counseled not to go into our house because we were sinners, but he kept, he was diligent. well, I got through the whole of the Testament. It took me nine months to read it like a baby being born. I get into the New Testament at the same time she had another book she pulls out called Satan is alive and Well, Planet Earth by Hal Lindsay, mm-hmm. so I'm reading that. I get to the genealogy in 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 uh, matthew mm-hmm. and and right, and I'm reading at the same time Hal Lindsey's book, and he go he says. Why don't you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now? And I'm reading the genealogy, and I go, yeah,
1: Jesus is is the Messiah. Why are the Jews so blind? Okay, so just from reading the genealogy, you see that Jesus is right there. Yes. And he's in the lineage um, coming from all the way from Adam. Now, that causes you to accept Jesus as your Savior. Now, where do you read that in do you do you hear it, or do you, in, in your mind, or do you read it in Hal Lindsey's book, or what caused you to do it, that? It was both because when he says, "Why don't you accept Jesus Christ as
2: the Lord and Savior right now?" and Jack kept talking about Jesus, and you know, I've heard a little bit about Jesus. Nobody talked to me about Jesus when I was young. But yeah. I was like a Jew wandering the desert. Forty years. I was forty-one years old when this happened. Wow. So, so I call Jack on the phone. I go, Jack. Guess what? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And his wife said he jumped eight feet out of his chair. Wow. So now we changed. Everything changed. The next night or two, um, we we ended up not sleeping in the same room anymore. You know, we had a house. We had a
1: business together. We had children in the house, and we stopped. Okay, you had children already together. She had three children. Oh, she had three children. Okay. So, um, so you you guys separate physically. So think, we're separated okay. from
2: that. So Jack sends us to a church. He kind of oversaw churches with American Missionary Fellowship to a church in in a little country church. And he gets a really good Bible preaching uh, pastor there. So we started attending this church. We're starting to get discipled. Um, within the first couple of days, though, there was a Billy Graham special on TV. And we decided, I never watched him before. We're going to watch that. So we're watching it, and she starts bawling. She bawls for five hours. She had such a cleansing watching this Billy Graham thing that she rededicated her life to Christ that day. And so it was only a couple of days after me. So that was, what, September 4th, 1996? Yeah. September 4th, 1996. Wow. And so um, and within a few weeks, a, a house opened up a few miles from us. They had a guest house on the property. I ended up staying there until we got married, and Jack married us. We had a Christian wedding and a Christian church, and everything was different. Life changed dramatically. I went from wow. a hardcore liberal to a hardcore
1: conservative
2: because God opened my eyes.
1: Wow. I am so impressed with the story. I didn't have any idea it was it would go that in that direction, but I love your story. Now fill in some of the gaps for me, Um I Tamara. I, Tamara, Tamara. I'm sorry. I have a, I have a niece named Tamra Tamer, and I have another friend named Tamara. And now you're <laughs> it just confused me a little bit. But anyhow, I, I'd like to hear where you grew up. And were raised, and how did you accept Jesus as your Savior the first time around? If you could, if you could just fill us in, um, and then bring us to. Now we already know that you've rededicated yourself. So um, you're you're growing up and being raised where?
3: I grew up in a small town. I grew up in Saint Helens.
1: Oregon. I think you might need to talk up just <clears throat> a little bit. I grew up in Saint Helens, Oregon,
3: small town, thirty miles
1: outside of Portland.
3: Okay. And I was a a competitive swimmer and very athletic as a child. And for 10 years, I swam competitive. And we sat in um, many records. And it was exciting. My family was prominent in St. Helens. We did a lot of sports. My grandmother, she was 9 years old and she came down to visit from Portland,
1: and I was... Okay, your grandmother went to visit you when she was 90? When I was 90. Oh, when you were nine years old, okay. I had uh, been very ill with kidney failure,
3: and despite all the uh, sickness, when afterwards she came to me, I had been sick for a long time with a lot of kidney failure problems and whatnot, and she came to visit me when I was nine years old, I had asked her, I had an experience, I was in... The hospital for two weeks, and I met a man over a green little green pasture with a little bridge. And I asked her, "Who is this man? And I saw this man, and everybody was so young and beautiful. Who is this man?" And she, he told me, "I have to go back." And I didn't understand who he was. I just knew this love and peace and comfort. And she told me, she said, you met Jesus. I said, who's Jesus? And she told me about Jesus. My sister, my dad, my stepdad, my father committed suicide when I was four years old. My mother met and remarried uh, my stepdad. And he had two daughters. And as a long story short, My dad and my family together, my daughter, my sisters, they come together. I can't even think straight, honey.
1: I'm so sorry. Um, I know. Don't be camera shy. I know that it took me a little bit to get used to the camera. Just pretend it's not there and just talk to me.
3: So... So Grandma asked me about my vision, my dream, where I was, what happened in that, and I ended up sharing with her everything. My sister was born um, with three fingers and no elbow. She was born with um, sc- scoliosis and whatnot, and so when Grandma told me about her, she said that she, when we go to heaven, if she accepts Jesus into her heart, that she would have that. And I just vividly remember looking up and saying, hands like this. And she said, yeah. And at that moment, I knew who Jesus was because I had a personal visit with him personally at a very young age. And so from that day on, I had healing that took place over time in my body. And here I am today. Uh, But my grandmother was the one that was praying for me and praying (laughs) grandmothers. Yeah. So she
1: led you to the Lord. She led me to the Lord. Yes.
2: Okay. She was severely abused and neglected as a child.
1: Um, Very, very serious. Are you talking about... Are you
2: tomorrow. talking about tomorrow? Yes. Okay. So it's it's a tough subject for her, but she survived all that. She ran away from home at the age of 15 14. and was put into foster care. And then she was emancipated at the age of 17 and started going to college. And so she was learning to live on her own for a long time. and uh, But God was watching out for her all those years. Yes. Oh, yes.
3: he did. And always. And today I'm amazed at where he has us. So. Okay.
1: So now you guys meet, and you marry, um, and and how long have you been married? 23 years. Okay, 23 years. Well, congratulations. Thank you.
2: Now, do you have any children together? No, we have no one together. Our youngest, her her youngest, who came, the stepdad, was four years old when we met, and he's 32 now. So I've been there a long, long time. I'm dad. Was there a dad kind of was not in the picture. Okay, okay. And so I'm dad. I've been dad all these years. Um, and I just was reunited this week with my son who lives down here, who I hadn't seen in 17 years. And we uh, actually connected a couple of days ago.
1: Now, this is your son. My,
2: my biological son from my first marriage.
1: Oh, okay. So you were married before yes. um, tomorrow. Right. And, and you had a bio- biological son. And so how long have you gotten together now just recently
2: yeah my son i I lost contact with him when he was 15. Mm -hmm. i kept trying to get contact with him but he was kept kind of from me and um unfortunately tragically his mother uh, died um, from a drug overdose and i got a call from my nephew and he connected me with my son this is about four years ago and I called my son, and we had, we had a really good about six-month phone conversation. We hadn't talked in years and years. And then we just came down this week, and I just saw him for the first time physically. He's 34 also, uh, wow. 36. And, um, and we met, and we hung out. And uh, he may come up here, and I don't know. But, um, but anyway, so God is good. God is a God of restoration. Yes. God is a God of second chances. Yes. God is a God who, no matter how much of a scumbag I was, still loved me. And watched yes. out for me, protected me. You said earlier we are talking about uh, Satan trying to kill us. Well, that's happened a lot, and God has kept us alive.
3: I know. I know. So.
1: So, wow. Now, um, at the time that you guys get married, so 23 years ago, what do you do for a living? And I want to hear um, if you guys are both, um, did, do you find a church to go to? Um, do you get into ministry? Are you maybe teaching Sunday school? What do you guys do, um, maybe for the Lord, not because you have to, but because you love him so? But So tell me what kind of work you do and also what what kind of ministries you guys get involved in. You want me to talk to Yes.
2: You? When we first became believers, um, we started leading youth groups right away. We wow. were living in, um, in, in kind of a... a in the in the town in an urban area and we would get all these kids would come over and they would want to go to church with us because our kids were starting to 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 preach the word and let people know the truth. Mm-hmm. And so these kids came from drug addict houses, alcoholic homes. They wanted to go to church. We put on big youth plays and in this little country church. But then the people going to little country church um started getting nervous that these street kids were going to influence their goody kids. And they wanted us to no longer bring these kids to the church. They wanted to have youth groups in our house and keep them separated. And so we started doing that for a while. Um, and so that grew until some people came against us and, and and it broke down and we had a church split. I mean, many, many things happened. We found out the pastor who was discipling us was also praying against us getting married because he didn't believe in second marriages. And so half the church split over the, and we got involved in a church split oh. our first six months, unfortunately. But it was spiritual boot camp. That's what God was putting us through. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to many years. So we, we were doing Passover services for churches. We've been leading youth groups. We taught Bible study. We kept growing slowly um, over the 23 years that we were, six four years that we were born again. And the last year is when our ministry, really God started shaping our ministry and saying, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go out and speak the word. I want you to give your testimony of how God saved you from the, from how, how, how I saved you from the pit, and, and, and give people hope. And let them know that God is not mad at them, that God loves them, and the hope is in Christ Jesus. And that brings hope and peace in our hearts. Through that, our business now, we've been in a few different businesses. We own a bridal shop in Vancouver, Washington called Beyond the Veil Bridal. Because Jesus tore the veil, right? We get to go beyond the veil. So it's Beyond the Veil Bridal. It's a retail store. We have a website at beyondtheveilbridal.com. But the main thing is it started as a ministry, and God had a bigger picture. And So we had a little tiny store, now we got a big store, and it's beautiful. She is just a decorator, amazing. And part of our mystery, you talk about the ministry part.
3: I don't believe that, I believe that every girl grows up dreaming of her day when she's going to be adorned in her wedding dress. I don't believe that any girl should be deprived of her special day. And when her special day comes and she is embraced in all elegance and her groom sees her walking down the aisle and his heart pitter-patter and that loved embrace, and nothing is more precious then holy holy matrimony mm-hmm. so if a woman and a, a couple if they are having struggles and they've gone through some drug rehabilitations, what have you. Maybe they've locked their home through a fire, these recent fires, young girls in their proms, quinceaneras, what have you. That's where Jeff and I step in. That's where we are today. We've been blessed with the opportunity to end those blessings and to help complete those dreams and visions. By
2: donating dresses
1: to them. So you sell wedding dresses? Yes. But you hear about a bride that's struggling to even purchase a a dress. And the Lord says, okay, open the door for this bride to have a wedding dress free of charge from you. And, oh, wow. We get to bless
2: the marriage that way. And, um, you know, maybe they come referred by a pastor or a social service agency. Um, We were both, you know, five, six years ago, were involved with transitional uh, housing and rehabilitation homes for uh, drug addicts, people coming out of jail. Um, I was the director of a men's home. She uh, was very active at a woman's home called Gates of Grace, where she would go and minister to the ladies and help encourage them. Um, So uh, through that, we realized that there was people who were really struggling financially. Maybe they lived together for years, maybe they were on drugs, but now they've given their life to the Lord Mm -hmm. and they're coming up and they're working with the pastors and their lives are changing and they wanna get married. They can't afford the dress. That's mm-hmm. when we're gonna step in and give a dress. For. Beautiful. We had a homeless prom girl who the teacher called us girl. I have this girl, she's training student, she's homeless, she doesn't she's embarrassed to come in, but she really wants to go to the prom. Can you help her? And we sent her just whenever you met her, never saw her.
3: You see, we've been homeless. Yeah. We've walked that road. We know. We've got off the path, the narrow path. That's the big. And as a result of our own lives having gone down that path and experiencing that and knowing what it takes, this trial, the tribulation, you know, all the revelations involved in that. When God reaches down and he touches you, he touches you. Yes. Boy, he picked you up where you are and put you where he wants you. And that's where we
1: are today. Wow, that's amazing. Story. things have happened. Um, Tell us another story of um, someone needing a dress and maybe maybe something recent. And, and then you were able to provide that. Give us a little bit about the background without giving her name out and how that all came to pass, maybe through a pastor or something.
2: Well, we've had a few of those, and we even had some, uh, for example, there was an evangelist who, I'm not going to give out his name, so I don't want to bring any embarrassment, but um, they struggle; They don't have a lot of money. and They had a, a, an event to go to, and this little girl came in, and we dressed her up like a little princess. We gave her like, a flower gold dress and made, made her so happy, she even wrote us a video, made us a video to thank us for helping wow. her. So we, we help ministries. So the whole idea of Beyond the Veil Bridal is not just for us to make a profit, it's to give to ministries and support ministries. Absolutely. Like uh, by Pastor Milton Alvarez, who's uh-huh. um, been guiding us a lot as our mentor in ministry and helping us guide. We also do warrior worship. We have a very powerful worship team, um, and we believe in deliverance and healing ministry. So we have that side going also besides the, the bridal shop ministry too. So we believe that God wants to set people free
3: yes. and
2: people were in bondage and, and, and the Lord did that. One thing I wanted to step back on six, seven years ago, eight years ago, I don't remember was, we were separated for a year mm, and uh, we were filed for divorce and we were one week away from the judge signing the paper when she heard the voice of God say, go home to your husband. <laughs> I'm the one who left her. I was the one being selfish, and I was the one being stubborn, and I was the one being self-centered. And she called me on the phone, and she goes, you still want to go through with this? And I said, well, I don't want to fight no more. I, just I love you, but I don't want to fight anymore. We argued a lot, and I said... And she goes, let's just have coffee. You know, it's not going to hurt. We have all this history together. And she and said... How,
1: how how many years into the marriage was So this? that was
2: like 17 years in. Oh, wow yeah this is so you did have a history yes we did
3: and we lost everything i thought we we lost everything we lost
2: lost our home our cars our business everything that's
3: when you separate from your partner you separate from god and his will because god means for holy matrimony to be everlasting no matter what
2: so we went to that cup of coffee, and God healed our marriage and restored us to the point now that we have full-fledged ministry. We have this beautiful 6,200 square premier bridal shop. We are the wow. number one shop in the Northwest. Wow. And God has just blessed us tremendously and, and and blessed us to teach others. That Yeah, because I was the one who made the wrong choices. I walked away from what God ways were. I was being selfish. I was being dishonest. And, you know, we weren't cheating on each other or any of that. We just, I was being stuck in my own mind. I don't like how things are going. Mm-hmm. Instead of trusting God to take care of things. But God needed to humble me through that. I moved into that men's home, that traditional men's home, transactional men's home. And I eventually became the director of it. Um, so God started chiseling. He had to chisel me. Mm-hmm
1: sometimes God has to strip away everything yes. for you to see him clearly again. Um, I, I, I can speak to some of that myself. Um, but the show isn't about me today. It's about you too. Um, but God does take sometimes, sometimes it takes for us to have almost nothing or maybe nothing. Um, and, and then we realize that he, he's really trying to get our attention. Um, I read that scripture where about leaning on our, our riches that he gives us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll just say one little thing. Um, When, when I was married prior to Mark, my, my husband passed away. My audience knows that whole story. So my previous husband passed away, but when we were married, um, we wanted for nothing. Um, We went on vacations every year with the children and the, everybody drove an expensive car and you know, that lifestyle. And we skied all over the place, all over the world actually. And um, money was not an issue, but then he got sick and money became an issue only because our insurance wouldn't cover him. It was, he started a company of his own and we had um, just got our insurance with a, a, a brand new company. And before the 30 days, he got sick really oh, wow. bad. And so the new insurance said, no, we, we, don't, we don't want to cover you. So we said, well, no problem. We'll just go back to the other insurance company. And they wouldn't take us. And we thought, well, no no problem. We thought he had just a bad cold and he was going into the hospital with a bad flu. Well, he had chirovi- viral cardiomyopathy, mm. and it's a virus that attacks your heart muscle so he never recovered from it but he was mm-hmm. over 10 months being ill and in and out of the hospital and all that money that we had saved like i, I won't tell you how much but it was a lot
3: mm-hmm.
1: that went like that mm-hmm. um and we kept thinking no big deal we've got all this in the bank and you know it just went um and so god had to kind of strip me down even to the point of um well That's what took Walt to a place where he accepted Jesus as a savior. I had been walking with the Lord now for 19 years and kept thinking he was going to accept the Lord any day, but it didn't happen. But through his illness, and he was, he was, I, I mentioned he was sick for 10 months, but in the sixth month or the seventh month of his illness, the doctor says, you know what, Walt, you're going to make it. You, you're looking good. I, Your numbers look good. I think we've come over the hump. I can, I can see now that you're going to make it because before it looked like he was going to die. And it was that weekend when he heard that he was going to make it that he accepted the Lord. Wow. And he wanted, and I guess in his mind, he didn't want to come to Jesus as a weakling. He wanted oh, to Lord. come as a strong person. He accepted the Lord and his life changed dramatically, mm-hmm. like, you know, every day reading the Bible and praying all the time. And I kept thinking, who is this guy next to me? Like his life changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a night and day change. But but through that, um, the money was all gone. Um, and then when he died, our, you know, I had to sell almost everything to to get my kids through college and things like that but you know sometimes it takes a stripping down before we hear his voice
3: yes.
1: and and I I really you know when we're when I was reading the scripture today it was really talking about you know the heathens re- relying on their wealth but I have to tell you speaking from experience you know sometimes when you have so much it's really easy to rely on things that God has given you and, you know, um, not saying to the Lord, Lord, should I give to this ministry, you know, or somebody's calling you up and they need help. Um, how can I help them? Lord, is this what you want me to do? No, you don't need the Lord for that. You've got all the money, you know, I'm not saying we're we're wealthy. I'm just saying that for our standard of life, we had more than enough. And, um, no, you'd have to ask the Lord. I would just write the check and say, Yeah, come on over here, here, take this. And the Lord taught me a lot through that. I, I am so frugal now. Um, he doesn't he doesn't want us to waste things. No. He he wants us to provide. he provides enough for us and he puts us in charge of whatever this money is that he gives us and the house and the children to see how we're going to deal. You know, um there's that scripture that says, um, you know, he gives a, he, um, I'll think of it in a minute. Um, when when he gives you stuff, he's looking to see how you're going to handle the little before he gives you the lot, you know, a lot. Good or, and faithful servant. Right. Or he gives you, you know, there's a scripture about the talents that he gave right. the three different men. And one guy just hid his talents and buried it there's There's a lot to say with what God gives you. He's expecting that you would be good stewards with everything He gives you how you handle your children, how you handle your time, how you handle your money, how you take care of your car how you you know just everything um and i'm I, I may sound like I'm exaggerating, but no, um, we are so grateful for what we have right now. Amen. And I know that when I didn't lose everything, I mean, I, I still own the house that we were in, but I could have lost it, I was close to losing it. Um, but he took, you know, so much away, including Walt. I didn't expect him to go. I kept thinking, really, Lord, you you took him too. It really broke me. But I would not trade those years for anything. And I'm sure you look back at your lean years as a real source of how you've changed, right?
2: Yes. Oh, yes, mm-hmm.
1: definitely. Yes. We lost
2: everything cars, house, uh, business, jobs, uh, marriage, everything was taken from oh, me. And, yes. and it took a crushing, a crushing of my ego, pride, all of that before yeah. God started refilling it back. He had to empty me of me, of Jeff, mm-hmm. and fill me with him. Jesus, that's the whole process, it's ongoing. It's not been, I'm not, I haven't arrived there yet. No, we
1: we haven't either. But but you know what? Um, boy, was that a learning experience. I don't ever want to walk down that road again, amen. But it was down that road that I relied on Him. I waited to see um, what He wanted me to do. I would get my money, and I was working three jobs. Can you believe it? I I would get my money and I would say, okay, Lord, what bill should I pay today? And I would only pay those. And what do I pay next month? I mean, and the little that I had, he began to um, increase that. And um, he was waiting for me to say, you know, Lord, how, you know, because this is, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I loved the Lord through those years. I mean, I really did. But I compartmentalize God. Okay, God, you can have this part of my Amen. life. I I got this. You see this part over here? I, I can control I, I know how to do this. Right. But I'll let you take care of this. Oh, God wants the whole thing. Amen. And I have to learn that the hard way. And you guys did too. Oh yes. So now you guys are back together. Now how long have you has this been? You said So
2: we got back together about eight years ago. Okay. And uh and within a couple two years after that we opened up our first little bottle shop. God had a spot to open up. She saw an ad on the paper for a shop that went out. We purchased some products and God had a much bigger plan and it grew from a little gonna be a little thrift shop originally and it grew mm-hmm. and now we're into a class A bottle shop that's just gorgeous, wow. beautiful experience. But the biggest part about that now is we have the freedom to go out and minister. We had uh, three salvations today at the church we went to. We had yes. seven last week. And this is a small little church. Yeah. Our heart is for the lost. Yes. Our heart is, to, is to, to, because maybe because we were so broken and lost, then we really can, can, can. Uh, put ourselves in the shoes of those who are wandering in the streets. We were on Hollywood Boulevard yesterday witnessing and giving out tracts right by the Goldman's Chinese Theater. She
3: takes our greatest weaknesses and turns them to our greatest strength. Yes.
2: She used to be so shy. There was
3: a dominator, and she was whipping her, her whip and standing there half naked, and I just thought I heard... Go give her a try. Okay. I walked right up to her. Excuse me. And she <laughs> kept turning the opposite direction. Excuse me. And she turned around and I got right up in her face. Jesus yes. loves you. And I gave her a try. I have a gift for you. And she says, what? What's this? And I said, Jesus. Yeah, he loves you. And she took it. She
2: took it. And a couple refused and a couple I said thank it. you. and. So, you know, we're doing street ministry. You know,
1: time is short. Yes. Jesus is coming soon. Any yes. moment. Any day. Today uh, would be good. Yes. <laughs> and, and he's expecting that we would do whatever we can for the lost to come to him. You know, he want the Bible says he wants none to perish. Right. No, not one. And that's why you do what you do. And, and I do what I do. Because he's coming back. And we know that we didn't deserve salvation. Um, we know that we were but filthy rags living a life over here, doing whatever we wanted to do. Yes. But for God, knocking on the door of our heart. And you you mentioned um, you knew at a young age, um, you, you asked your mother about Jesus and she said he was a good man. Um And I know that for me, and I'm sure for both of you, I I love the story about Jesus coming to you. um, And and you you saw him by that beautiful field um, over the bridge. Um, I can see in my life the years or the times that God was knocking on the door of my heart. And I'm sure you both can do the same thing because he never gives up on us. Never. Until we say yes. And there might be... A time when he'll say, um, you know, he, as in Pharaoh, where Pharaoh just kept saying no and no and no. And then and then he said no more to, Sarah, for, to Pharaoh. I hope that doesn't come. Uh, you know, I do believe that until we take our last breath, if we don't know the Lord, he will continue on as hard as our hearts can be to knock on the door of the unsaved's heart. Mm-hmm. But he's looking For people like you and me and your wife to present the gospel. Yes. He doesn't need us because the Bible says if we don't tell them, even the rocks will cry out. Exactly. Even the donkey spoke. Mm -hmm. But, But we do because we love him. So you guys went um, street witnessing yesterday. We're just street witnessing. We're
2: just witnessing wherever we can go. We're going to different churches. We've been on a multitude of shows now just preaching. You know, the thing is, is as a Christian, as us Christians, we may be the only representative of Jesus that someone meets. Right. They may never have anybody else come to them in their life. We need to walk in such a way that that light shines through us we need to be ready and at all times in case we, when God puts those those divine appointments together to be able to be a witness that that Christ loves them. And the one thing I just want people to know is God is not mad at you. People feel that they've done so much evil, so many bad things that God hates them because they've been tr- they've been trained into this thought that God is is a punishing God instead of a loving God that loves them and died for their sins.
1: Well, Make no mistake, um, he is a God of judgment, too. Yes, yes. However, more than that, he is a God that loves. Amen. And he is a loving God. He he loved us so much that he gave his only son for our sins. And Jesus loved us so much that he went willingly to the cross to shed his blood for us. But there is going to be a time of judgment.
2: Yes, there will be.
1: Um, and thankfully, not for us, because we've accepted Jesus as our Savior. We did not deserve salvation. No. I mean, we we walked down that road, we are going straight to hell. But because he touched our hearts and others came to us and told us um, about his love, we're able to sit here today fully washed by the blood of the lamb. And we wear his righteousness. It's not our righteousness. Our our righteousness is like filthy rags. That's right. But it's his righteousness that we wear because of him dying on the cross for us. So you guys are doing ministry wherever God is calling you That's to go. Right.
2: We've been invited to Pakistan, India, Africa, Israel. Back down here again, we have a lot that we want to do this year for the Lord. If he supplies the the, the ability to do those things, the funding and the, and the doors that open.
3: All you have to do is say, I'm available, Lord.
2: That's that song, I'm available,
3: Lord. Yeah,
1: like in Isaiah says, when he says, who shall I send? I he am. says, send me. Amen. Send me. Yeah.
2: But you read that scripture about the tongue yes and, and 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 you know the tongue with the tongue you confess jesus christ is lord or you confess that you curse yourself and yes. that's why it's so important to read the word of god so that you learn what you speak into your life people yes. speak blessings or curses into their lives and they they're not taught it not, they not don't realize what they're saying so we are praying that you speak life mm-hmm.
1: yeah and and when it talks about um, us saying deceitful things, um, you know, we, we, we really need to be asking for forgiveness when mm, we, yes, we do. when we do that. Um, and we're not sin free just because we're washed by the blood of the lamb. So it's a constant washing, staying in the word. So we know what our standards are asking God to forgive us every time we fall and, and sharing the gospel with as many as we'll listen. Mm. Um, now I, I know that you said that you were, um, you you're, you and your wife have been sent all over the world. We've been um, invited. We haven't been sent yet. We haven't gone yet. Oh, you haven't gone we haven't, we're we've, we've been invited. We're ready. Okay. Um, so, but you've, you've witnessed everywhere you've gone. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can't help our, we can't help ourselves, can That's we? It. Right. That's it. That's it. And, and the reason we can't is because we know where we came from. And we want everyone to know we were lost over here. And God found, you know, saw to it that we found a way. And and Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life. Yes. No man comes to the Father but through him. Yes. And, and he paid a big price for us. And we're so grateful that he did. Amen. I mean, <clears throat> I know that um, as you've witnessed to other people, you know that that there's a lot of other religions out there and they're striving hard and working hard to gain a place in heaven. Um, you know, I'm gonna just call them out, the Jehovah Witnesses, they're knocking on doors. Are they doing it because they want you to be, come to know Christ or their God? Unfortunately, it's their way of doing good works to, to get up the ladder so that they can make it to salvation for them there is no working with our god we work not because we want to gain heaven we already gain heaven amen by being by accepting jesus as our savior um or the muslims where they you know they have to follow a scale more good deeds than bad deeds and even if they have more good deeds than bad deeds they still might not get heaven because allah can say to them hey listen I know you got more good deeds here, but I don't really like you, so you're going to hell. Um, He makes that choice. Not the good deeds and bad deeds, but these poor souls are striving hard. So you're presenting the full gospel to these people that are lost, whether it be at a church or on the streets. Well, I want to thank you both uh, for coming uh, today, and you've come such a long way. I am so glad you were able to finally, we were able to finally get together. Um, But I'd like to speak to the person out there that um, just kind of happened on our radio program today, this podcast. And if any of this resonates with you, maybe you were homeless, you were homeless. Maybe you are looking for a wedding dress and that's what caught your ear or maybe you were um, thinking that you were a churchgoer or saved, and 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 wasn't. Or maybe you had backslidden, um, or or never accepted God, didn't know who Jesus was, um, as in Jeff's case. I'd like to speak to all of you yes. that haven't come to the full knowledge of Jesus Christ. And him dying on the cross for you. If this resonates with you. And you would like to accept Jesus as your savior. Today. I'd love for you to follow me. In a very short and simple prayer. And invite the Lord into your heart. He died on the cross for you. Um, On the third day he rose again. Forty days later he ascended into heaven. And during those forty days. That he was on this earth. After dying. Thousands of witnesses saw him. Thus all the writings about Jesus being raised from the dead. But he died for your sins and mine and and theirs. So if you'd like to follow us in a simple prayer, I'm going to say it and just say it after me, but mean it with your whole heart. God looks at the heart to see what's going on there. So here it is. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins of the past, present, and future wash my heart as white as snow i repent of all the things that i've done in the past and even today help me to turn from those sins and follow you i accept you into my heart lord jesus the lord as the lord and savior of my life i will follow you for the rest of my days In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you have said that simple prayer and meant it, give us a call here at Hope Radio, here in Corona, California, or write me at www.ontheroadwithjesus and let us know that you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. We'll send you a Bible if you need one. Or you can go to his website and let him know. Um, That's Jeff... Jeff's, um, what is your website again? Beyondtheveilbridal.com Okay, thank you for joining us today on the road with Jesus. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless you. And we love you.
0: Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus you'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhodey Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com, or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhodey Fisher.